From the Cairo Radio Newsroom in Seattle, I'm Dave Ross, and these are the Ross Files. Uh, we're going to talk to a homeless person now. Although, do you consider yourself homeless? You're living in an RV, right? Well, at first I didn't consider myself homeless, you know, because, you know, RV is a home. It's a lot better than being right on the street, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sleeping on the sidewalk. That's what I really consider homeless. But uh, I'm considered homeless. We're talking with Jeremy Booker. You re- you're in a handyman service, basically. Yes. That's how you make your living. Yeah. And we're talking to him because you wrote me an email, uh, a long email. What was it that you heard that made you want to write, first of all? I, I just kept hearing um, different news medias, you know, talking about the homeless. And a lot of it was always uh, around drugs and alcohol and just like almost making it like it's just a hopeless situation. Like and you felt it can never be helped or something, you know. They were talking about you. Yeah. And so, yeah, right. It just felt like it was directed at me, you know. And I thought, you know, people need to, to see the other side, you know. They need to talk to the homeless, you know, and, and actually get to know us and find out where, you know, how we um, came to be this way, you know. Mm-hmm. So you are uh, clean cut. You don't smell bad. Right. You're shaven. Mm-hmm. You've got a haircut. Mm-hmm. You're, and you're working. Right. Yeah. But you live in an RV. Right. Is it an old, ugly, disheveled RV? What is it? No, it's uh, it's a 92. And uh, it's, a, it's a, actually a camper that goes on the back of a pickup truck. Oh, I see. Yeah, that so it's so yeah, it's, uh-huh. so it's a pickup camper, and uh, yeah. and do you have a, a legal place you can park now? Or well, um, it, it's a it's a public parking, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so you're parking at a public so, place, right? And so then you know, I just I just have to follow the the you know the public parking. Rules, so you move it every you know? seventy two hours. Right, if it's in commercial or uh, then it yeah seventy two hours. And it's in if, if it's a residential area, then then we're restricted to twenty four hours. So and this is in Seattle somewhere. Uh, no, it's actually over in North Everett. You're in North Everett. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that um, uh, that got me interested. It's the way that you were treated. Mm-hmm. So you, the reason you're in the RV is because you had uh, you were living in an apartment in Limwood for something like seven hundred thirty-five dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty pretty affordable, you know. Yeah. Right. And then what happened? I got involved with a, a girl, you know, and, and um, she had gambling issues and. And, and I, you know, I tried to help her. And, the money and, disappeared. Yeah. And next thing you know, I'm, you know, racking up bills on credit cards and things like, such as that. And and it just all went downhill from there. You had to declare bankruptcy. Right. So you can't get credit now. Right. And so what, how much rent do you think you could afford? Um, Well, I could, I could probably afford what I was paying before, maybe a little bit more than that, you know, something like that. But, but anything above that, I think is just too much, you know. It's, so you're trying to save money here, basically. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you decided to to get the uh, old RV and park it where you could, and you found. And I'll just read from the uh, the note. This is what residents in the area where you were parked were doing. You write, "Well, they drive by honking their horns at all hours of the day and night. They yell profanities at me, throw trash out their windows at my RV. They even went as far as stopping and telling me that I do not have the right to park on the side of the road because I do not pay property taxes." that pay for these roads. And this kind of treatment went on for how long? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it still goes on. You know, just it still recently, goes on now. Yeah, just recently. Last week, you know, I had a guy come up. So they must be reading this stuff, I'm thinking, you know, because they always, mm-hmm. always say similar things. So they must be reading it or hearing it, you know, from somewhere. And then they just, you know, repeat it back to me about the property tax thing and that I have no right to be there. What's the idea of throwing trash at you? 
Well, I don't. I guess it's just to make a statement that they feel that you're trash, you know. So they might as well just throw trash at you, you know, like you're a dumpster or something, you know. And the honking was apparently to deliberately make sure you got no sleep. Right. Yeah, to disturb you, and yeah, make sure you don't get any sleep. Maybe you know, and try to deter you from parking there because you know you're going to want to move to a different location or something. So that's what they hope anyways, but (laughs) to harass you out of the neighborhood, huh? Right. You at one point decided to follow one of the guys who was driving by every morning, honking at you at 4am. Right. And, and what was that like? Did you, you finally confronted him? Yeah, I did. Yeah. He he actually didn't even want to get out of his vehicle, you know, and he ended up going to his job. Uh Um, I thought it was a church at first, you know, um, because there was a sign in the driveway that said, you know, something about a church. And I thought, what in the world, you know, who's going to a church at this time yeah. of day? And, uh, you know, and then, and why would somebody that goes to a church be acting this way, you know? Yeah. So anyways, but I confronted him and everything and I wanted to find out why these people are honking, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, he didn't have an answer for that. He just smiled, you know, gave me a little smirk, you know, and, that was and it. then he rolled up his window, you know, cause he did roll it down, you know, to, initially talked to me but once he realized what it was about he rolled it back up and he didn't want to speak to me anymore you know Hmm. have you Uh, tried that with anybody else uh there was one other person that i had did the same thing i followed them they happened to go to their house you know Uh so i asked him the same thing he didn't have an answer he just he just says that that i don't pay property tax you know and that he does and i shouldn't have to be there he shouldn't be having to pay for me to be there Mm -hmm. is how he sees it although i'm like a mile from his house, you know, and yeah. I'm in a in an industrial or commercial zone. It's not even residential, so I <laughs> Yeah. This idea. Why don't you park in an R V park? Well, uh I did uh look into that when I called around, everybody first thing they asked is what year it was. Mm-hmm. So when I tell them they said, No, no, we don't accept anything uh older than two thousand eight. Oh. So just by virtue of the age of your RV, you are ineligible to park in a yeah yeah. They didn't even uh, offer me the opportunity to send them a picture, bring it by, so they could take a look at it, see mm-hmm. that you know it isn't run down and garbage. You know. Yeah. Do you understand why people don't like the idea of a strange RV showing up in their neighborhood and staying there? Well, yeah, people are afraid um, of the unknown. You know. Or what they don't understand. And so they don't understand why it's there. They don't understand why somebody would want to live that way. Well, it's not really so much of a matter you want to live that way. <laughs> yeah. Is it you have to live that way. What would get you out of the RV? Well, I'd have to work on my credit for one because most places will not accept you without good credit. Yeah. My lifeline right now is my job. Yeah. You know, if I had lost my job, I would be even worse situation. Yeah. And like a lot of these people that are homeless, you know, mm-hmm. and actually they may have still had a job when they went homeless, you know, but once you become homeless, you know, it's really taxing on, on your, uh, your psyche and your emotions mm-hmm. and everything. You know, you get really depressed. Um, and there's no drugs involved here. You don't do drugs. No, I don't do any drugs. Uh, do you have weapons? Nope. No weapons. So no drugs, no weapons. Not that that's a bad thing. Right. Just in case the NRA is listening. Um, so it's it's a matter of a credit check. That seems simple. Has the um, does Everett have a navigation team like Seattle does? Does anybody come around and knock on the door and say, "Hey, we're from the government. We're here to help"? Well, uh, there was an officer that came by just recently, actually. After that one resident I was telling you about, the, yeah. the most recent one, I guess he complained to them, and they came by. And um, it was from an out- outreach team, uh-huh. 
and he came by and he handed me a pamphlet. It talks about, you know, like drug overdose. You got it there? Yeah, yeah, I have it here, yeah. Says you know drug drug overdose what you can do you know so there's a lot of stuff about drugs you know well that's not my issue you know so I'm thinking well that's not going to help me what else is and then the, the other side it just shows a whole bunch of other stuff you know like ha- housing navigation uh, basic needs services for street violence you know mm-hmm. general services mental health you're not a victim of domestic abuse you haven't got a drug problem right you have a credit problem nobody offered to help you with that. Uh, no. And, and I hadn't really had a t- uh, time to really look into this. Uh, I'm gonna, hoping, you know, you give it a try. I, I would do that. Yeah. And I plan on doing that. You know, I just didn't have time to do it before the, before yeah. the show here. So. Now in your, uh, in your letter, you said you'd given up on the, on the, the Puget Sound or the Seattle area. You're going to move to Olympia. You're still going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad, um, you know, I told him, you know, what was going on and mm-hmm. stuff and he, you know, I didn't really want to, uh, live on the property there at my dad's either, you know, cause he's going, you know, through his own things. Um, but he did talk to, uh, somebody from, you know, his church, you know, and they said they had, a uh, an RV space, you know, on their property that mm-hmm. they would rent to me. So, so you'll be paying so, rent, right. Uh, on the property of somebody who is okay to have you there. Right. And mm-hmm. presumably you'll be free of people honking at you and right. throwing trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, having experienced, this life what do you think the solution is i think the first thing that they need to do is they need to talk to the homeless and they need to ask them how they became that situation what what the issue is is keeping them from being homed you know Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing you know just coming up and giving you a pamphlet and whatever and but don't have no background of what's what's causing the issue isn't really going to help anything and like i say because it's so depressing it's so degrading to be in this situation, um, the homeless are not going to come to you and ask for help. It's, you know, you know, I don't, I, it's too embarrassing. You know, you, mm-hmm. you just, it's very, yeah, it's just really embarrassing. You know, <laughs> you don't, you don't want to be looked at that way. You know, I understand that. Yeah. Well, suppose if the, the city opened, uh, an RV park that took well-maintained RVs of any year, as opposed to a, an automatic cutoff at 2008, like the commercial ones do. Right, yeah, that would be a great solution. You'd park there? I would. You think I a would. community like that would uh, would get along with each other, or would it be a, a den of thieves and drug users? Mm, well, I, I, you know, I, I can't really speak for everybody, but but um, from what I've seen uh, of other RVers like me that are mm-hmm. out there, I don't see all that going on. You know, there's been only a couple of them out there that I've seen. And, of course, the police took care of those and they were gone, you know. Mm-hmm. The ones that are usually out there for long periods of time, like me, you know, I've been out there for a year and a half. We're still there because we're not doing anything illegal, you know. We're not doing anything, you know. Really? So you think that the cops do a good job of getting the bad apples out? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if they if they get any kind of word that something illegal is happening, you know, they're right on it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you those, don't you don't think Seattle and Everett have a, a lax attitude when it comes to, I guess the charges that homelessness is enabled here. This is free Seattle. You know, I, I'm going to figure that the, you know that they feel bad for the people. You know, and they know that they're probably they they they're around them all the time, and so they know that they're probably not you know that they're not bad people. They know, you know who they are, and so if they're not committing any crimes and they're not you know. You think that's okay? If 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 one day you finally get yourself into a home or in an apartment and 
suddenly a string of RVs show up and park in front of your building, people you don't know, you'd be okay with that? Well, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it, that's, that's one of the things, too, is if, if RVs clump together, yeah. I notice people uh, tend to um, look. <laughs> they don't like that. You know, if they feel like they're being in their neighborhoods being overtaken or something. So I've tried to tell other people, you know, that have RVs to try to spread it out a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like be the only one on that street or something. And if somebody else comes along, you know, move along to somewhere else, you know, so that we're not all clumped together because that's what happened with me. I was on this, that street, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, and I was fine. Nobody bothered me. Nobody seemed to really mind too much when it was just me. And then all of a sudden others two other ones showed up and then that's when things went crazy. So, and then of course, then I moved mm-hmm. along, you know. But do you understand that? Do you under do you understand how that makes people feel insecure? Yeah, well, and it, I, I, yeah, right. You know, it's because they don't know who they are. They don't know, you know, they and and they hear all the stuff about drugs and alcohol, and they think they're just, you know, all those dens of you know criminal activity, you know, and mm-hmm. and that's what scares them, you know. Which I would understand that. I wouldn't feel comfortable with somebody yeah. like that, you know, outside my place either. Have you thought about just posting a little biography of yourself on the outside of your RV so that if people walked up, they could read, um, my name is Jeremy Booker. I, I work as a handyman. I don't do drugs. I don't have weapons. Uh, maybe I don't want to say that part just in case it makes you a target. I don't know. Right. But um, uh, I don't leave trash out. Any trash you may may see here was thrown at me by somebody. Just yeah. some something that introduces you to the neighborhood. Right. And, you know, I have actually thought about doing that, mm-hmm. you know, but on the other hand, I thought of the the consequences, like you say, I may end up becoming a target, you mm-hmm. know, and people, I don't, I don't know what kind of reaction they would have over that, you know, so that's what stopped me. You know, I, I try to, to keep a low profile, you know, like I say, I, I, I'm quiet, I keep to myself, I don't bother anybody, you know, and, um, and that's the way I've been doing it, you know, yeah. um, and I just feel like if I put a big sign out there or something, you know, then that might create more yeah. uh, attention on myself. So, Well, I think it's safe to say that most listeners, if they were here in the studio with me, would find you completely unthreatening. And probably if they knew it was you in the RV a block from their homes, uh, they wouldn't mind. But I want to ask you, have you encountered, because it sounds like you've, you've met a few of your fellow RVers, mm-hmm. are there some bad dudes there that need to be taken off the streets? Well, not really. I haven't really met any bad people. Like I say, there was some, but I didn't really meet them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the, they they were there. They were kind of bad. They're so you you, you feel that most of them are yeah. like you? Yeah, yeah. You know, there was maybe one that might have had an alcohol problem. Yeah. You know, but he wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't violent. He wasn't. You know, he was very you know nice guy. So then it sounds like um, if I remember the navigation team trying to figure out how to get Jeremy Booker off the street, there'd be two things. Fix your credit record and come up with a lot for RVs that were built before 2008. How how long would it take you? If you could find a place where you could just park and stay, which I guess you've now found in, in Olympia, but mm-hmm. how long is it going to take before you've saved up enough money to you know, put down a, a deposit on some proper housing and get off the street? Well, you know... Um if I was to park somewhere and it was free, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. have to pay anything. I guess it probably wouldn't take too long, especially, you know, in my situation where I have a pretty good job. But if somebody if somebody else doesn't have a job or uh, a lot of income, it's going to probably take them probably a couple of years, you know. Yeah. 
But you think you could get off the street in less than a year, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. If you have a good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do the people you work for know that you're living in an RV? Uh, no. I think um, there's only one that I've actually told, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I've had them for, you know, 11 years, so I know them pretty well. You think it would be held against you? Um, or make it more difficult to get work. Well, you... that's what I—that's what I had feared, you know. Yeah. And I didn't want to even take that chance, you know. Um, well, why are you here then? <laughs> and you're talking on the radio. Well, now. right. I know. <laughs> I I know. And I thought about that too before yeah. I wrote you and everything. I thought, wow, I don't know if I want to put my name out there and stuff and let people know what's going on. But, um, but like I say, you know, I'm I'm already losing the customers here by having to move and relocate, yeah. but. I I figure if it doesn't help me, it's gonna. I hope it's gonna help somebody else down the road. You know, to see that we're not all bad people. <laughs> we're not just out there just trying to commit all these crimes and stuff. Actually, we've had a lot of crimes committed against us. Yeah, um, um, I'm aware of that. And um, how do you feel the news media has handled the situation? Well, um, I don't know where where sometimes they get their information. I, I know I know it seems like they want to um, lump everybody all into the same category. So, you know, like the tenters and then the RVers, you know, they're all lumped. Everybody's, you know, <laughs> all homeless are all together, you know. Mm-hmm. We're all lumped into the same category, you know. And so then people get this view that everybody, you know, and then when you start talking about the drugs and the alcohol and the crime and all this stuff, then everybody starts lumping all that crime and, you know, all that stuff yeah. You know, with everybody. That's and, and the prolific offenders who keep getting arrested again and again. Right. All right. So if I um, if I check back with you a year from now, you think you'll be in your own place somewhere? Yeah, I might. I might. You know, it all depends on the, the prices, too, you know. And, and I don't know how much, uh, you know, how good the handyman service is over in that area either. You know, that's mm-hmm. I'm taking a risk there. Yeah. But, but I'm hoping to do it. Uh, or that's going to work out and then, yeah, and then hopefully find some housing and then get out of the RV for sure. Well, good luck. I hope it works. Yeah, thank you. Jeremy Booker, who wrote me about his life as an an RV inhabitant and uh, is heading to Olympia, please don't throw trash at him. Please don't honk at him and wake him up. He's uh, just trying to earn a living. Now do you like the media? (laughs) (laughs) Have I redeemed us at all? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I do appreciate you taking the time to uh, to bring me here so I could speak out. Well, I appreciate you coming in because yeah. I know it's not not uh, not always easy. Right. Thanks very much. Good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Remember that when there's a longer version of the interviews on Seattle's Morning News, you can usually find it right here in the original form, unconstrained by the limitations of a live broadcast. And you can subscribe so that when someone says, did you hear what was on Seattle's Morning News, you can say, Not only that, I heard the part that wasn't on Seattle's Morning News. So my advice is to subscribe. And then when we talk to an author, a politician, an entrepreneur, an artist, a scientist, a teacher, a journalist, a celebrity, you'll hear every word. I'm Dave Ross. Thanks for tuning in.